Good morning. I hope that everyone has had a wonderful past week and that your Thanksgiving time has gone well and that you've been able to to share it with the people that you love and you've also been able to relax a little bit, eat probably a lot and uh, glad to, to see so many of you back with us this morning. I have a, I want to start off by asking, uh, I, I really, I'm just really curious about this. And as I made and as I wrote uh, this sermon and was kind of going through this, I really started off by just, I genuinely want to know the answer to this question. Um, it is about show and tell. Um, and the reason that I want to know is because I don't know if this is like something that was kind of specific to my generation or if it took place many generations before me or, and if it even is still going on today or if it's like not a thing that people do anymore. So I want to see just a show of hands. Uh, how many of you, when you were in school or if you were, are in school now, uh, how many of you had a show and tell that took place while you were in school? How many of you, was that a, a thing? Okay, so it's still frequent. Okay, awesome. Uh, I, I really had no idea, and I really wanted to know the answer to that question. Uh, but obviously, I, I want to tell you a little bit about my own personal experiences of show and tell. That was probably one of my favorite things that we did during elementary school like ever. Uh, obviously, once we got into middle school and high school, it was not something that we did anymore. But I can remember uh, several of the show-and-tell uh, times that we had or the days that we had where we got to, uh, to all bring in you know, something that, that we really liked, that we really valued, and to be able to get up there in front of the class and say, this is the item that I brought, and I brought it because of this, and then kind of tell them everything about that item. Um, I can remember a couple different things that I took. Uh, one thing that I took, and I think I actually did it multiple years, um, there were, I, I don't know how familiar you are with Power Rangers, uh, but there are Megazords where they take all the different parts of the Zords that they had and they all kind of combined together and made some big thing. And uh, I remember bringing just different Megazords that I own, toy Megazords, and bringing those in and saying, this is what I'm bringing because, you know, it's awesome, I love it. And so that's what I would bring and I would talk about that. I remember one time I brought in this like thing back from the 90s. It's like this little robot toy dog and it just like, I think it just like barked and it had like digital eyes. I don't really know how to explain it, but it wasn't really that cool looking back on it now. But I remember taking that one year and being really proud of that. Uh, but one thing that was really cool was in fifth grade, we didn't do, we didn't do show and tell. We did something even better. In fifth grade, there were all these desks, but in the back corner, there was this extra desk. And it was larger than all the other desks. In fact, it was almost like a teacher-sized desk. It was, it was pretty good size. And what our teacher did is she allowed one of the students every week 
to get to use that desk, and that was your desk for the week, and you were kind of the student of the week, and not only did you get to sit in that desk, but you got to cover that desk in whatever you wanted. So whatever toys you liked, whatever photos you wanted to bring, you got to just deck out that desk and make it your own. And then all the kids, you know, all throughout the week, they could come back and look at your desk and be like, oh, what's this cool thing? And you get to brag about it and be like, this is, you know, my favorite toy and this is what it is. And that was the coolest thing. And I remember... uh, when it was finally my week and getting to, to put all the stuff that I just thought was just really cool and getting to, to show all of that and, and get to share it with everybody else, that was uh, a part of, of our classroom. Uh, but I, I just remember all these ideas and all of these different times where uh, we got to do show and tell. And, uh, and that's what I want us to, to think about this morning. Um, and uh, maybe not think about my story of show and tell, but maybe even think about your own story, uh, about the different times that you experienced in your life uh, when you got to kind of go up in front of, of your class, regardless of how, how old or young you were, and get to share these items or these things or you know, something that you really valued and getting to get up in front of people and, and, and share that with them. I want you to think about those experiences that you had. Because there is a very, uh, a very easy way to kind of define the show-and-tell experience. It's this idea of sharing something with other people. It's being able to, to take something that you care about so much and, and being able to, to take it in front of other people and, and be able to say, you know, this is what I like about this. This is the reason that this particular item or this particular thing is so important to me. And, and surely if, if we get up in front of people and we, and we show them these items, then of course they're going to also see why it's so important. They're going to see why it's so important to us and of course maybe they'll see the value in it too. Because of course... Anytime that you have an item in show and tell, it's something that you want to show people. It's something that you want to tell other people about. And that's what I want to talk about this morning. Uh, If you would, go ahead and turn to Luke chapter 10. Luke chapter 10. Uh, In Luke chapter 10, we're basically right in the center of the ministry of Jesus. Uh, several different things have happened uh, right before this chapter, kind of leading up to this point. Uh, of course, Jesus had just sent out the twelve. Um, he had selected them, and, and now he was sending them out uh, into the world. And not only that, but he was also uh, teaching them and showing them what was so important about this ministry. He had also just fed and ministered to 5,000 people. Not only that, but shortly after that, he also took Peter and James and John uh, up onto a mountain and uh, they spent time there. And so a lot of different things are are going on kind of right before we get to uh, the passage that we're going to to look at. And what we're looking at is uh, kind of this, this moving forward of uh, of the gospel, this moving forward of the life of Christ and the sending out of these 72 people. Uh, 
And we see that these 72 people were excited about sharing. Uh, of course, we, we understand that the way that this worked was uh, Jesus basically put them into groups of two. And he told them that they were going to be going out and going to be traveling into these different towns. And we're actually going to pick up in, uh, in Luke chapter 10, beginning with verse 3. Now, I'm going to read that for us now. It says, Go your way. Behold, I am sending you out as lambs in the midst of wolves. Carry no money bag, no knapsack, no sandals, and greet no one on the road. Whatever house you enter, first say, Peace be to this house. And if a son of peace is there, your peace will rest upon him. But if not, it will return to you. And remain in the same house, eating and drinking what they provide for... For the laborer deserves his wages. Do not go from house to house. Whenever you enter a town and they receive you, eat what is set before you. Heal the sick in it and say to them, The kingdom of God has come near to you. You see, when we look at this passage, Jesus doesn't say, Alright, so I'm going to send you out to the, just the nicest people. I'm going to send you to the absolute best places that you will ever want to go. And you're going to basically knock on the doors of some of the most receptive people that you've ever met. Sure, that's, that's going to happen. But uh, it's, it's not going to be that easy. He says, instead, I am sending you in the midst of wolves. Uh, he's saying that this is not going to be an easy task. This is not going to be a bunch of, of people that, uh, that you're friends with that are just going to easily receive anything and everything that you say to them. But what he's telling them to do is he's saying, you know, go out to these cities. Go into these cities, go to these places, and you're going to tell them about the kingdom of God. You're going to tell them about the kingdom of God. Now, as we think about this mentality, I want to kind of already relay this back to ourselves. And we're going to talk more about uh, kind of what happens and, and the reactions of these people uh, in a little bit. But I want to kind of go ahead and apply this to ourselves. And this mentality, this, this idea of, of sharing the gospel with others. This idea of going out, going beyond those people that we're familiar with, those people that are within our comfort zones. And when we think about this, I think that there are two very important questions that I want to focus on this morning. The first one of these questions is this. Do we share, or do we make it a point to share, the joy that we receive from our relationship with the Lord? Do we share the joy that we receive from the Lord. When we look at those that were sent out in Luke chapter 10, does this look anything like our life? And no, I'm not talking about this idea of, of making it a point to go out and, and walk from city to city without any money or any shoes. Uh, I, don't, I don't mean anything like that. What I'm talking about is this idea of truly bringing the kingdom of God before other people. This idea of showing people 
the importance of our relationship with Jesus, with uh, this idea of, of telling people about our God. And at the same time, knowing that some people are not going to, to listen to us. As this passage continues, it even uh, kind of tells us uh, in the next two verses, beginning in verse 10, it tells us exactly how some of these people are going to be received. It says, But whenever you enter a town and they do not receive you, go into its streets and say, Even the dust of your town that clings to our feet, we wipe off against you. Nevertheless, know this, that the kingdom of God has come near. You see, this verse, it starts off not by saying, if you go to a town and they don't receive you. It starts off by saying, when a town does not receive you. You see, this may even be a point that we understand even easier in our own lives. Uh, this idea of a, a lack of reception that we might receive or a lack of reception that we don't receive. A lot of times in our lives we might feel like no matter how much we share the gospel, we're not going to receive any kind of reception in return. Maybe that we're not going to, to have people that, that want to listen to what we're sharing. People that really don't want anything to do with us, with the church. And as others listen to us, as others look at us in our lives, they honestly might think that we are crazy, or that we're foolish, or that we're just completely misguided. People might look at our lives and, and think that we don't know what we're doing. But there's a mission that Jesus has set before us. The same mission that Jesus set before these 72 people. And that is not letting failure stop us from sharing that joy. Not allowing those people that aren't receptive to stop us from trying to reach out to people at all. Because I'll be honest, I feel like that's what happens a lot more times than anything else. We look at this idea, we look at this concept of, of people that you know, really don't want to hear what we do. They really don't want to hear the, the life that we live. They don't want to hear about the church that we are a part of. And so they dismiss any ideas that we might bring to them. But as a result of that, because of our own, our own doubts, our own insecurity on this, we decide that maybe we don't need to share this information after all. So what happened to those 72 people? You know, they were put in that same situation. They were told to go out to these cities and they went to some places maybe that were receptive, some places that were not. So how did they react when, when they went to these towns and, and people shut the door in their face. Because we know that they went and they showed others the kingdom. And they went and they talked about Jesus. And we see that a few verses later in Luke chapter 10, in verse 17, we see that the 72 returned with joy. See, these 72 people, 
They faced people that were not receptive, but they kept going. They continued to, to go throughout these towns and continued to, to share the kingdom of God with other people. And because of that, they were able to come back filled with joy because of what they had done, because they were able to reach people that were receptive. You see, when we share joy, when we continue to make it a point to share joy with other people, we receive joy. Amen. So I want to go back to this first question that's presented kind of from this passage. Do we make it a point to share the joy that the Lord gives us? Do we make it a point in our lives to show that joy with other people that we receive? Or are we afraid of the lack of reception we might receive and so we don't share? And so we keep that to ourselves. I think that... Uh, you know, I, I want to go back to this idea of, of the show and tell, uh, kind of the show and tell mentality. Um, I think that that's something that really still exists for each and every one of us today. Uh, whether, you know, whether you're still in elementary school and you've, you've just had a show and tell you know, a few weeks ago or whether it's been many years since, since you've been able to do that. I think regardless, we still kind of have this mentality in our lives. And I can think about, in my own personal life, the, the way that I do that. Uh, and I'll be honest with you. I really like watching movies. And I really like watching good movies. I mean, I guess that makes sense, because I wouldn't want to really like watching bad movies. I mean, I guess you might want to. But anyways, I really like watching good movies. And honestly, I can be, at times almost to the point of being annoying when I talk about good movies. Because the first thing that I do when, I, you know, when I'm looking at movies is I look at the reviews. I go to the reviews. If you've ever heard of Rotten Tomatoes, I'm obsessed with Rotten Tomatoes because they review movies and they have all these different critics that tell you how good it is or how bad it is or how many percentages of people like the movie versus how many percentage of people didn't like the movie. And I get kind of all into this idea and I read these critic scores and, uh, and I, you know, I really like to pay attention to the cinematography that's within a movie or the soundtrack or just the overall experience. You know, at the end of a movie, how do I feel afterward? I just, I really like this idea of, of watching a really good movie and just having this great experience from it. But along with that, in fact, I would say probably even more than my own personal experience in watching a movie, even more than that, I love getting to share movies that I really enjoy with other people. Uh, and you can even ask, there, there's been several, uh, a lot of times with the teens, we'll have a movie night over, over at, uh, at my house and we will, uh, I'll pick out a movie that, that I've just really wanted to share with them. And sometimes I'll even be a little bit... Um, a little bit annoying about it because I won't want them to talk during it because I really want them to just pay attention and soak all of it in, which is really hard because, you know, it's like 20 teens in a room, so it's not super easy to do that. But we try our best, and, and, and I just really like this idea of getting to 
let other people experience the same thing that I felt when watching this movie. And, and I always get excited about getting to share something that I really like with them. Um, and why, why is it that I, that I do that? I don't think I'm the only person that does something like that. I think that we all, in one way or another, like to do things in this way. Why do we get people to, to share in these experiences with us? I think it's because we want people to get the enjoyment that we receive. We want other people to share in these experiences, in this joy, in the same way that, that we receive those things. And so we practice this show-and-tell mentality, wanting to, to make the lives of other people better. And I think, that that's, I think that's an awesome thing. I think that it's awesome that we, as people, want to do what we can to make the lives of other people better. In our own personal experiences, when we see something that we enjoy, when we, you know, even when we buy something that we really like, we tell people about it. And it's not that we're necessarily bragging about what we have, but telling people what we enjoy. And we have this mentality and we have this desire to share that with other people. We want to make the lives of other people better. And I think that leads us to our second question. Do we see our relationship with Jesus as something worth sharing? How important is this part of our lives? The part of our lives where we have a close relationship with our God, where we understand the value of that relationship with Jesus. When we look at that part of our lives, how important is it? Because if we don't value it enough to share with other people, if we don't share the gospel and show the value that we have for it in our own lives, do we really value it at all? If we have the show-and-tell mentality of wanting to show people what's really important in our lives and wanting other people to benefit from the, th the same things that we benefit in our own lives, then do we really see this relationship as something that's that important? Because if we do, then why aren't we sharing it with anybody and everybody that we see? In Mark chapter 4, we see Jesus and he's explaining these parables that he's been sharing to, to the people around him. Um, he's, he's kind of gone through some different parables and then after the fact, he's, he's uh, kind of discussing the importance of a parable and what it means and, and how these people that are listening to him can take that and can kind of apply that to their lives and, and be able to understand it in a way that makes sense to them. And so he's talking to these people and, and he then presents another one to them. And it's the one that, that we read earlier this morning in Mark chapter 4. I'm going to read it again for us, beginning in verse 21. And he said to them, 
Is a lamp brought to be put under a basket or under a bed and not under a stand? For nothing is hidden except to be made manifest, nor is anything secret except to come to light. If anyone has ears to hear, let him hear. This is a very simple illustration that Jesus makes to these people. It's very easy for us to understand exactly what he's saying. Because if you have a light, if you're wanting to light up a room, and you have a lamp, are you going to put that lamp under your bed? And turn it on underneath the bed. Are you going to, uh, to cover it up with a bunch of stuff and then turn it on? No. Because that's not going to light up that room. What you do is you make sure that, that lamp is on a stand. You make sure it's up higher. You make sure it has as much visibility as it can. And you turn that on and it lights up that entire room. When participating in show and tell, when sharing all of those movies that I really enjoy and like to share with others, sometimes that I remember and I recognize that some people don't have an interest in what I present. Sometimes, uh, you know, even when I was little, I would bring that robotic dog and I would say this is the coolest robotic dog you've ever seen and some kids would say no it's not which is fair sometimes I would bring a movie and I would say you guys this movie is just a masterpiece and somebody would watch it and they'd say ah you know I've seen I've seen better sometimes people are not going to have an interest in the things that we present them but I still value it. It still has just as much value to me regardless of if someone doesn't see it in the same way. And someone, no matter how many times that I share, whether it is a, you know, a, a toy or a movie or, or even the gospel, some people might not be receptive of it. But some people, someone at some point is going to see the value that I have. They're going to see the same value. They're going to see the same importance in the things that I value and the things that I think are important. And they're going to receive the same joy that I received from it. These 72 people that we looked at, they were the ones with their light on a stand. They were the ones that made it a point to put their light where it's going to be visible for all those people to be able to see. And they put that light on a stand and they were spreading the word of the kingdom of God. And just like these 72 passionate followers of Jesus, we can't stop talking about the kingdom of God when one door closes. We have to make sure that we keep going. Because no matter how many times we go to someone and we say, I want to share with you the gospel. I want to share with you Jesus. No matter how many times that door is shut in our face, 
We have to keep going because the next door may open. Because the next person might be more receptive than anyone we've ever met. We have to continue to share the gospel no matter what kind of resistance we might face because someone is going to share in that joy that we receive. We can't let the disinterest of other people stop us. Stop us from showing the life that we are living for Jesus. Or stop us from telling other people about how much better our life is with Him. So I want to conclude by asking you this question. What would it take for you to share the Gospel? What would it take in your life for you to decide that you're not going to let the disinterest of other people stop you from sharing in your life what is so important to you? Because if we are continuing to live our life with this show-and-tell mentality, and if the Gospel really is as important as we say it is, then are we not going to show other people and tell other people all about it and hope that other people will share in that joy that we receive? What would it take for you to share the Gospel? And whatever that does take for you, are you going to commit to doing that? Are you going to do what it takes to take a step forward, to take a step out of your comfort zone, outside of the people that are already familiar with what you're sharing and sharing the gospel with someone new. Maybe you're here this morning and, uh, and you feel like though you might value this relationship with God, that you really haven't been showing it that you really haven't been spreading the word or sharing the word with, with other people. And then all you've really done is kept this to yourself. You've taken the light that you are in your life and you've hidden yourself from being seen. And maybe as you think about this, you realize that, that you want to make it a point to, to start showing that light, to start sharing that light to other people. Or maybe you're here and you haven't yet made that decision to, to be a part of the church, to really commit to a life with Jesus. And you want to be a part of that. You want to be baptized. You want to make the decision to start receiving the true joy that you can get from your God. Whatever it might be, whether it be for prayers for encouragement, if there's anything we can do for you, we ask that you come forward.